Welcome to the Limitless Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and helps build your faith. Enjoy the message. So this is the third week of our Goddess series. And I'm going to be talking about God is the King of Comeback. So if you're taking notes, if you want to take notes, you can write down. That's going to be the title of my message. God is the King of Comeback. And as humans, we love a good comeback story. I think it's just like something that God put in our nature to like want to see things end well. (laughs) You know, like when you go to the movies and you're watching a movie and it's like everything has gone wrong that could possibly go wrong in the movie and there's like no way that the main character is gonna like get out of whatever situation they find themselves in and then like bam out of nowhere the sky opens up a way opens up for them um to be saved from whatever situation and like their whole situation turns around and i think that's something that we just love as people and i don't think i've ever met anyone that doesn't like a good comeback story have you guys i think everyone likes them um Well, did you know that your life is a story that hasn't reached its ending yet? And just like a good story, your life has elements of suspense in it. And in literature, the element of suspense is used to keep the readers interested and make them guess like what's going to come next. So like I was saying, and just like a good story, we have good things that happen as well as bad. Um... And I'm not sure where each of you are, you know, in your story right now at this moment and this time. You could be in a good place where you think everything's going your way, everything's going right for you. Or you could be at a place where you feel like everything's going wrong. But I want to give you a little hope and a little encouragement that the story's not over yet. Yes, this yes. is just that the, you're in the middle of your story. It's not over and... Um, Life is like a cycle. It goes through cycles of good and bad. So if you're in a good place, enjoy it while it lasts. And I don't say that to be discouraging, but um, yeah, enjoy it while it lasts because it won't be long before something comes and you'll have to deal with it. And if you're in a bad place, we'll just look up, hang in there, don't give up because something's going to change and um, you'll be seeing something good soon. But the devil loves to try and get you stuck and try to make you feel like, the bad place that you're in now is never going to end. You know, that it's... He tries to make you feel so overwhelmed with the darkness sometimes. And in a dark place, when you go through a season of darkness, I think it's easy to feel like um, like you're drowning in that darkness. And the devil loves to come and try to whisper and make you feel like it's never going to end. And I think a way that he tries to do that is he uses fear. And fear comes in many different forms. It can be fear of the future, fear of the past, fear that a certain thing or situation is not going to change, fear of rejection, dot, 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 you fill in the blank. But all these things can be boiled down to doubt. So like, I think that doubt is like the birthplace of fear. And when I was younger, I had a lot of insecurity, like major insecurity, like I couldn't talk to someone Like, I couldn't have a conversation with someone (laughs) just because I was very insecure. I had a lot of insecurity at home in my home life. Um, I grew up in a a home where my family 
was broken like um, my parents didn't have a good marriage they fought all the time and so when you're not secure at home I feel like it makes you really insecure in every other area of your life because you don't really have a place of security and I've always loved to sing and I remember being younger and like singing in the car now mind you just because you like to sing doesn't mean you can sing right (laughs) so me my younger self I love to sing I enjoyed singing um, to the Lord I love singing different songs and one of my brothers, he used to pick on me all the time. <laughs> and every time I would sing, he'd be like, God, like, you sound bad. Like, just be quiet. Like, stop singing. <laughs> just like any little brother, any brother would do. I mean, if you've grown up with brothers, like, you, you feel me. You understand. Like, if you've grown up with siblings, period, like, you feel me. You understand. Siblings um, could be a pain in the butt sometimes. I'm not saying that against, like, I don't hold anything against my brother for that. Like, we were small. I understand. I love my brother. I have a good relationship with him. But... Because of that, I think it's an area that I never really grew in. And now it's something um, that I see in myself. And as many of you know, like I'm on the worship team at, at church. And I think it's a gift that God gave me and that it's something that God called me to do. But because of that insecurity and because of that doubt that my brother put in me, it's something that I would never, like when I was younger, I was like, I'm never going to sing in front of anyone. So I think it's an area that the devil came in and hindered me from being able to be used in because of that doubt. And I think that that's how the devil works. He'll come in and he'll bring doubt. And I think that doubt on your life can fall into three different categories. You can have doubt of yourself, doubt of others, and doubt of God. And doubt is usually a result of disappointment. A friendship that didn't last, a relationship that turned out differently than you had hoped, You didn't make it into the school that you applied for. God hasn't answered a prayer that you have been asking him to answer for such and such a time. And I think when that happens, we begin to doubt and then it leads to disappointment. And disappointment comes when things don't turn out the way that you wanted them to or as quickly as you wanted them to. And then disappointment, if left untreated or unaddressed, can result in death. So do y'all see how the devil works? He'll come in and he'll whisper that doubt. He'll bring disappointment. And then if you don't take care of that disappointment, it'll lead to death in a certain area of your life. And you know what? The devil doesn't have any new tricks. Like, he's an old, he's an old dog. He's an old dog with old tricks. He doesn't have any new tricks. He can't learn any new tricks. So the way that he comes in into your life and the way that he tries to get you, this is what he does. It's the same thing over and over. He'll come in with that doubt, that disappointment, and that death. And the devil uses these three Ds to hinder your relationships and your dreams. Because really everything in your life can be boiled down to relationships and your dreams, your aspirations, what you want to do, your relationships, your friendships, your like romantic relationships, your marriage, your, um, your ability to receive from someone for them to pour into your life, your ability to pour into someone else's life, your dreams, what you want to do with your life, your God given dreams. Um, if you're called to ministry, you know, if, if you want to, whatever, you fill in the blank. You know, I want to be this when I grow up. This is what I want to do with my life. And so the devil really hits hard on those two things because he knows that if he can make you to doubt, if he can get you to doubt and get you disappointed long enough to where those areas die in your life, that you're not going to see the promise that God has, the promise that God has given you fulfilled in your life. And so what the devil is attacking you with now has nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you are going to be. 
It has nothing to do with your past, with who you have been, who you are right now. But when the devil sees you, he looks at you and he sees the potential threat that you are to his kingdom. And so when he attacks you, he's not coming against you because of who you are right now, but he sees that threat and he's scared. And I think a lot of you, you don't realize the, the danger that you hold, the threat that you are to the enemy. Yeah. If you get a hold of who God, had, who God has made you to be, and if you can get a hold of that and become and develop to be that full potential of what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be, not just for yourself, but for the others around you, for the people that he's called you to impact. If you could just understand that, you would, uh, you would see these trials and tribulations that you're going through right now in such a different light. Yeah. So you have to change your perspective and say, okay, if the devil's hitting me hard right now, you know what? Things are not going great at home. I'm having trouble in school. Um, you know, I want to do this when I grow up, but it just feels like it's not going to get there. Any little thing, any opposition spiritually, if you feel like, God, I've been serving you, but I just feel like everything's going wrong and my faith is dwindling, you have to realize, okay, this is not about me. I mean, it, it is about you, but it's okay, but why? Why is the devil attacking me in this area? Yes. And you have to be able to change your perspective instead of, oh, poor pitiful me. Life is just so horrible and it's hard and I'm just never going to get there. And you have to change that disbelief to belief. And he attacks you where he wants to immobilize you. Because if he can immobilize you, the area that he attacks, that's the area that has the greatest potential um, for God to use you and the greatest strength for God to use you. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And a lot of times, our weak areas are the, the areas in our life that God wants to use as his greatest strengths for his kingdom. Um, like if you're, you have no idea the power of your testimony and the things that you go through, like that's what you're going to use to reach someone else one day. And so the devil, if he can keep it in the dark, he can keep you in shame and guilt and you can keep it hidden and instead of overcoming it, um, then he knows you're stuck there and you're never going to be able to help someone else in that area. Instead of being ashamed of our weaknesses, we should be like, hey, you know what? I have this weakness, but God helps me overcome, and now I can help you overcome that. That's like the whole purpose of going through things is to allow God to strengthen you so that you can help other people. Um, if you guys want to turn to 2 Kings 6, 8, this is going to be kind of like our main chunk of scripture for the night. 2 Kings 6, 8. And this is a story of Elisha. Have you guys ever heard of the prophet Elisha? Mm -hmm. There was Elijah and Elisha, two different people. Um, Elijah came first. And then Elisha was like his person, that, his right-hand man that he raised up. And he had a double anointing, a double portion of the anointing of God um, on his life. Let me get to my scripture for myself. So 2 Kings 6, 8. And bear with me, I'm going to read the whole story. It's a little long, but I think it's powerful. There's a point to it. So 2 Kings 6, 8. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. 
But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is a traitor who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? So basically, Israel is at war um, with the nation of Aram. And they have these Armenian traders that are coming to attack Israel. But every time that they would make a plan and they're really secret about it, Elisha, because he's a man of God, he's a prophet, God would tell them their plans. And so Elisha would tell the king of Israel. So then they would never be able to catch the Israelites. And so the king of Aram's like, what the heck's going on? Who's telling all my secrets? Someone's a traitor. Someone's a spy. Let me get down to the bottom of this. Um, so verse 12. Uh, it's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. So picture this. Elisha, his one little servant man, they're just like living their life, doing whatever they have to do. And they wake up one morning, they look outside, and bam, there's this massive army <laughs> surrounding them, ready to seize them and ready to take them. And you know how many of you sometimes in life you feel like that's you? You feel like everything in life is going great, no worries, and then you wake up and bam, you just feel like this oppression on you, this darkness, like everything's caving in around you, like the world is falling apart, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know where you're going, you can't feel God, you can't hear his voice, and you just feel like this loneliness, you know, you feel this insecurity, you feel this rejection, you feel this oppression. Um, this fear, this fear wells up inside of you. What am I going to do? God, what, what am I going to do with my life? Where is my life going? But wait. So verse 16. So remember, the servant man's like, oh, sir, what, what, what are we going to do? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So what happened is, in the spiritual realm, you know, in the physical, we're surrounded. But you don't realize, in the spiritual realm, if you could just see what's going on, that God is on your side. They had even more on their, and on their side. When Elisha prayed for that young man's eyes to be opened so that he can see in the spirit, he looked and they were surrounded. The enemy that, that he thought was so big that he could never overcome. I'm sorry. It was far outnumbered by his God. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I felt that one. And many of you, you need to realize that. 
whatever that enemy, whatever that giant that you're facing right now that you feel like you can never overcome. God, I'm never going to be able to overcome this anxiety, this fear, God. God, I'm never going to be able to reach that dream that you have placed in my heart. But God, he is on your side. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to catch, I get my composure. <laughs> I wasn't good. expecting that one. <laughs> Where am I? So don't be afraid. You know, fear tries to come in and immobilize you and get you stuck where you are. But God. And the opposite of fear is faith. And Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. So even though you can't see it in, in, the, in the natural realm, fear is telling you you're never going to make it. There has to be something inside of you. That faith has to rise up inside of you and say, You know what? It's not about what I see. It's about who I serve. Amen. And the beginning of a great comeback in your story starts when you choose to exchange your fear for faith and believe that God is. Yeah. So the devil comes at you in doubt, disappointment, and with death. But God is true, he is able, yes. and he is life. So God is true. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God is so true. And I think the one thing I can say that God has always been in my life is faithful. He has proved himself true time and time again where I was in a situation where I thought, I'm done for (laughs) I can't get over this. God, I don't see how that, how you're going to come through. I don't see how you're going to change this for me, God. And time and time again, God has come in and opened a way. And not that long ago, um, I remember I was praying. And I was, you know, wrestling with some things within my heart. And I was crying out to the Lord. And God spoke to me so clearly. He said, Trelawney, if you make a way for me, I will always show up. So if you make a way for God, he will always show up. He's always true. I'm going to read that number 23, 19 again. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? His promises are true. If he's given you a word, if he's spoken to you and given you a promise, it's going to happen. It may not happen in the timing that you want. It may not happen. It may not look like what you want it to look like but you know what his ways are higher and his ways are better for us Um, and so you just have to trust him and trust that God and and declare it God you are true God I believe in faith you are true so he's true he's able God is able Psalms 46 1 says God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble he is able nothing is impossible for him And so you have to believe that in faith. God, I can't do this in my strength, but you're able. I'm not going to rely on my strength, God, your strength. And then God is life. Psalm 68, 20 says, Our God is a God who saves. The sovereign Lord rescues us from death. 
And then John 10, 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So when the devil tries to come in and bring death, God is right there and he can exchange it for life. Amen. So everything ends and begins with Jesus. It's not over yet. You may feel like you've died or like an area of your life has died, but it's not over yet. It's just a setup for a comeback. Yes. And you just have to decide. And really the choice is yours because God's a gentleman. He's not going to push his way into your life and make something happen. He's not going to force himself on you. That's not the God that we serve. He's a gentleman. And so really the choice is up to you. Am I going to stay dead? Am I going to stay in this grave? Or am I going to get up and receive the life that God wants to give me? Am I going to get up and make that comeback? Something has to well up inside of you and say, enough is enough. I'm getting up and I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to go forward in Jesus' name. I'm going to have faith and not live with fear. I'm going to be all that God has made me to be. And the ultimate comeback in history was when Jesus rose from the dead. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, you have to think. Um, I think if you've grown up in church, it's like you've heard the story so many times that sometimes we can be a little desensitized to it. Like, oh yeah, Jesus died and then whatever. But if you have to, you have to paint the picture of what was going on in these times. And these times, the Romans, um, that was the government that was ruling over Israel at the time. And so they were looking for a king, someone that could rise up and bring freedom to them. And really, Jesus' believers at this time, they thought that, okay, he's going to be the next king. Like, he's going to rise up. He's going to overthrow the Romans. Like, this is what was going on. So when Jesus died on the cross, they, were re- they really took it hard. Um, you know, that was a really big test of faith for them. You know, he was whipped. He was beaten. He died. And he was in that grave for three days. They're mourning. They're grieving. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And then on that third morning, some of the women go to take care of Jesus' body. And they get there, and it's Matthew 25, I mean, at Matthew 28, 5 through 6. And it says, Then the angel spoke to the woman, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here, he is risen. Amen. And so, I don't know, I can't help but think, like, have y'all watched Rocky? <laughs> I'm not, like, a huge Rocky fan, but you know the... That's what I feel like in heaven, that's what was going on. You know, and Jesus, when he was in that grave, the devil was like, oh, I won. We won. We got it. But on that third day, thank you, Jesus, he rose. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He defeated fear. There's nothing for us to be afraid of because on that day when Jesus rose, he shut the mouth of fear. And so everything that the devil comes to you with is just a lie. He's nothing but a liar. And that voice of fear tries to lie to you and say, you're stuck where you are. But Jesus, but Jesus, he rose. And we have victory. And so you just have to declare that faith is going to overcome. Come on. That yes. your faith is going to overcome the situation that you're in right now. Yes. Um, and I don't know, like, 
I don't know where everyone is in this room with your relationship with the Lord, but I felt on my heart to just give an opportunity um, that if you've never received Christ to do that. So I, I everyone close your eyes, bow your heads. Thank you again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please subscribe. That way you will always be in the know. Also, if you were impacted by the message today, please consider sharing it by clicking the share episode button or even taking a snapshot and sharing it on your social stories. We'll see you next time on the Limitless Podcast.